everybody, welcome to the Streetcast for April 13th, 2018. I'm your host, Matthew Weber. I'm joined by Mr. Mr. Boyd. Hey, what's up? And Ricky Williams. We're all three here to be here today. Uh, no video, because we're we're all on the internet. We're all four. Um, I think I'm actually the only one that's actually plugged into an Ethernet cable, and I probably still have the crappiest internet because I'm in the middle of, you know, bumfuck Egypt. Um, <laughs> and don't mind that little giggling, that awkward giggling, because that's just my kid. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> he heard. He's got issues of attention. I don't know. He wants, he wants attention. Nah, he's just laughing at us because we're all noobs. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the three cast where we review movies, TV shows, uh, every once in a while, comic book. Um, this time, we are reviewing a movie from 2008. It's called Vantage Point. It stars Dennis Quaid, Forrest Whitaker, uh, William Hurt, um, and I think those are the big names, right? Uh, Zoe Saldana, like I mean, yeah, they just oh, yep. yep. Um, forget those; in the, they're in there sometimes. All right. Um, so <laughs> first of all. This isn't a very good movie. Really? Um, <laughs> don't be so sarcastic, Vince. I, I, look, I, I wasn't being sarcastic. I think there are some good points about it. Like, despite how I am critical about these things, I do want to comment that I thought it was going to be a bad movie. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's derivative, but I can I can kind of... It, it's, it's thought-provoking for the times. Yeah. All right. So... Basically, the movie sur- surrounds um, a single event, right? And it's shown from several different vantage points, hence the name of the movie. Um, basically, it's a, about a, a terrorist attack during uh, an explosion in Spain. Um, and it shows, like I said, shows different vantage points. So one from the news, one from the president, one from a Secret Service agent, um, you know, and a couple other, uh, one from the terrorist point of view, I guess. Um and the tourist. Yeah, and the tur- the Forrest Whitaker character. Um so basically it shows how the the idea of or the event changes based on what perspective it's it is, which is um not the first time it was done, but I think that this of the ones that I've seen, this is probably the best one that I've seen that it's done this way. Um so really what intrigued me most about this film is is how they shot it, right? It's very um, interesting uh, cinematography. It's not fantastic. It's never going to blow you out of the water in terms of uh, storyline, right? I mean, it's very uh, mediocre in terms of storyline. Um, but the, I, I think the way that it's shot and the concept of viewing a, a story from different uh, points of view is very interesting. So, um, Vince, why don't you tell us what you thought of it? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I didn't realize it was that old, but yeah, like, spoiler alert, like, there's a lot of, like, betrayal and deceit and stuff and, like, uh, cover-up things. So um, we're going to be talking about a couple of those things for those of you guys that uh, might not have seen it. it we're going to be dropping some, essentially, the plot and the closure. Um, but uh, listen, it's not a new thing, um, whether it's the uh, Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon thing, which is, like, the seminal... Uh, basis for the multiple perspectives kind of um, cinema uh, uh, approach to like even like the uh, the Simpsons uh, remember the shot Montgomery Burns uh, kind of uh, season finale that way back Matt do you even remember that were you alive yet 
<laughs> yes, I was alive then. Thank I don't know. Man, the, Sim the, Sim the Simpsons isn't quite as old as I am, but almost. Thank you, Vince, for calling <laughs> me a young person. Like, I I remember when the the the, the you know when uh, again another spoiler alert when the the season cliffhanger for Simpsons was like who shot Montgomery Burns because everyone had something axe to grind and it turns out that you know the way they 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 cut it was like everyone could have been a suspect but at the end of the day it was Maggie Simpson right so I mean in this one it it's not like it's like an innocent baby that kills the president obviously it's a little bit more convoluted but I think that um, a couple of things were notable a uh, as, as Matt said, the storyline isn't that great, but if you think about just the actual execution of it, that's where you start going, wait, wait. So you see, like, you know, version number one or two, and the vantage point could be easily done by, like, a director and his team, like, you know, uh, taking the, the film and just shooting it right there, right? But then when you start seeing the subsequent, uh, uh, you know, different perspectives, you can't help but go, man, can you imagine being, like, an extra or an actor and having to do the same thing, like, 20 times? at different vantage points and also being the director and having to put a camera in different places to make sure that it, the exact same things kind of have to happen and then to also make sure that the people have to be in the right same place. I thought that was a pretty good feat and, and you know, I'm pretty um, good about making sure like, you know, whether or not a guy's wearing a, a watch on his left hand versus wearing it on his right hand from one scene to another. We know that the kind of, you know, the reality behind the magic of filmmaking, but you just got to admit that like there's some kind of incredible coordination that's happening to make sure that there's no discontinuity uh, from scene to scene. Um, I think that, if anything, this movie has shown me that you could be a terrorist and kill, like, I don't know how many innumerable amounts of uh, incredibly uh, wise and invaluable people in society, but then, my God, you can't kill a little girl on the street uh, by, by you know, drive-by and accidentally shooting her. And, like, the whole entire terrorist plot just falls apart simply because the guy doesn't want to plow over, like, what, a 10-year-old girl? Yeah, it was just a just a little girl that one runs through the, um, which if you think about, it, I mean, here's the question about that. So that little girl was in the crowd, right? And, yep. and then they went through this, you know, the foot the foot chase and this the the car yep. chase, I and mean, it has to be miles and miles away. And it's the same little girl that runs out in front of the. Yep. Exactly. So, so that's that's where the story just kind of goes. Really, man. Like the, either the either the terrorist just kind of went in like loops and circles around the same square, or like that kid <laughs> is like you know Usain Bolt or something, man. Yeah, like that little kid got really far along, really fast, and it, it's yeah, a flash. Yeah, it man. yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but then the other thing was like. Again, there's so many cliches that were problematic. Like, I mean, like for all the stuff that I'm saying that they did well, like the like the the kind of continuity issue, like you can't help but you can't ignore the fact, that, like when Dennis Quaid is like plowing through like the city, driving his uh, was it a Nissan or like a Pinto or whatever the hell car was, right? Yeah, it's really like, a small car. Yeah, that car is gonna. It's like a go kart. I was like, when it goes down the stairs in Spain, like I've been to Spain, man, and like it is going up and down. So I was like. That is just killing that car. The car's just gonna, like at some point I was going. The car's just gonna die, right? It's, well, it also it survives like a, a like a head-on collision with a like a truck. garbage truck or something like that, and then Dennis Quaid shakes himself off and hits drive again. Just continues on. Yeah. So so there's some weird like you know miracle of magic movie happening, right? Um, but but the the thing that I really wanted to get at was. I think they tried to do something that uh, back in the day was something that was uh, groundbreaking. And unfortunately, like looking at it now, it falls apart. And that's basically killing the dames. Um, I'm not sure if you guys remember um, uh, back in the day. Um, guys, 
Uh, did you ever remember? Uh, sorry, did you guys ever remember? Guys, can you hear me? We can hear you, Vince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can so, hear you. I, I wasn't sure. Um, but like, you remember in like the Scream movies when you would have like Drew Barrymore as like the star, and then she dies in the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found that that was really surprising. Um, it was like a big uh, kind of gimmick thing, but. In, in this movie, I expected two things. A, Zoe Saldana, because I know her as like the Guardian of the Galaxy girl, right? So I expected yep. her to like last a little bit longer. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Just, they just killed her. And I realized, wait, this is before her, her foray in Star before Trek. She's really known. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, wow. She's like totally disposable, right? And then when you have like Sony <laughs> Weaver who has like a bit part, and you have, um, honestly, I thought when they had uh, Fox, the, the guy from Lost, I thought they were going to use him. I thought they're gonna, he's going to be a hero. And maybe that was kind of counter casting where they kind of put him in. And But I, I didn't expect that really to happen, um, given that back then, like 10 years ago, Lost was still on, right? And, yeah. and, and I think that that was like his heyday. And I was like, man, what happened to this guy? Like, it just, I, I kept going, man, Zoe Sedona gets killed off in the first like 10 minutes. And she's like superstar now. And like what's going to probably be the biggest movie of the year, right? The, the, the new Avengers movie. And yeah. then you got this guy that used to be on, uh, I don't know, JJ Abrams lost show. And I'm like, where is that guy now, man? So <laughs> it was just, it's interesting to see like 10 years out what goes on. And the last thing about the whole movie was like, man, does Forrest Whitaker, like I, I, Ricky, maybe you can tell me, but Forrest Whitaker is like Samuel L. Jackson in that he plays the conventional black guy, like if, if Samuel Jackson plays the angry black guy, Forrest Whitaker always plays the nice black guy, you know, and Morgan Freeman always plays the grandfatherly black guy, if not God. Yeah. And and Forrest well, Whitaker, yeah. he plays, yeah. like, I swear to God, he's ageless, like kind of like Samuel, ja Samuel Jackson's like 70 years old, right? And he looks yeah, like he's Forrest Whitaker, I realized he is really, really old because I remember him like in like the crying game and stuff. And I was like, my yeah. God, how old is this movie? This dude is old. And he's yeah. still like, he ran and picked up a kid off the road. And I was like, this guy is like again young and and mobile, but I, I can't help but think this guy was like fifty when he made this movie. <laughs> Actually, it's, that's not—he's not as old as you think he is. He's only fifty-six. Okay, sorry, he's only fifty-six. So wait, was he like a teenager in the Crying Game? Like that's weird, man. Uh, he was born in sixty-one, so whenever. <laughs> wow, but then if you compare him to like Samuel Jackson, you know what I'm talking about, right, Rick? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. These guys get old, and like, and like what? Morgan Freeman's like a hundred. <laughs> he's, pretty, he's pretty old yeah yeah but overall i just want to say matt it wasn't as bad a movie as i thought it was going to be it's derivative it's very strongly tied to like the rashomon kind of multi-perspective thing but at the end of the day i mean like american cinema the closest we ever got to that was like pulp fiction like 10 years prior to that uh within the 90s right where it was like this this continued timeline multiple perspectives um so I'm, it's refreshing to see it but unfortunately it never made a splash and i, I think that it's best uh, kept in in a lot of TV shows nowadays. Yeah. All right, Ricky, what did you think of this movie? Yeah. Okay, so um, I really like Forrest Whitaker as an actor. I like most of the shows that he's been in. Um, he seem, he plays like really thoughtful roles, roles where, you know, it, he can play different um, aspects. So the movie overall I thought was a pretty good one um i mean you know like i've said before on tons of shows i'm a bit different from you guys when i look at a movie yeah i know you know there's there's things that you can see that's just not really right i kind of ignore that stuff because i mean 
you know, if you if you notice all that, it's gonna kind of take away well, from it. Right? You, you like, have to you have to ignore that if you're a fan of Fast and the Furious. I mean, it, you. <laughs> I mean, you really have to. I mean, guy anyways, jumping out of a plane anyways, into a tank or whatever the hell it is. I mean, <laughs> you have I kind to. of, I kind of uh, ignore that kind of stuff. Um, so I think the movie is like really interesting um, because it, it shows you that if you take different people based on their occupation, their training, how attentive they are, they're gonna see different things. So whereby this is showing you each vantage point and each vantage point gives you a little bit more to the story so that you're taking all of it uh, you as the viewer looking in you take it all put it together in order to get the complete story overall um, and then in the end like everyone said the little girl runs out into the road and the real president is in the back of the ambulance the guy swears the ambulance turns over and that's how they find them because when they question the guy who had kidnapped him the guy died so if that hadn't happened they wouldn't have found him period right and so that is actually the whole answer to the question right because the whole thing revolves around the plot to assassinate him. And then when, you know, it's a body double that gets killed, then they kidnap him, right? And so you see the whole story based on each of these vantage points, right? So I think that's very interesting. Um, like uh, Vince was referring to the other film, the Rashomon, um, I've never seen that one to compare to. I know that critics, you know, didn't look at this one favorably based on the other one. But for me, um, I liked it. I liked the whole idea of it, the way it was done. Like Vince said, it's really hard when you're looking at the same exact um, events just from different perspectives. Um, I know, you know, other movies that have, you know, newer movies that have done the same kind of thing, but not with seven. They may go with two or three um, points of view. Um, but, yeah, I just, I thought it was, you know, overall it was a really good well, thing. Actually, you know what? One thing that, uh, maybe Matt, because you recommend a movie, maybe you can help me out here, because I found that the storyline and the motivation had problems, because, like, they went to the kind of level of detail to explain why, the the Hispanic or the the Mex sorry not the Mexican the, the Spanish guys were were like you know the the guy had his brother in captivity and stuff but it never dawned on me why was Matthew Fox's character working for the terrorists I don't think they he ever was, explained I, that um, that's the the, uh, the other um, the other security dude right yeah the, the yeah the the guy that's the other CIA the Secret Service guy why yeah. was he the terrorist why did he join the terrorists yeah, I don't. I don't think I can remember them. I don't. They don't say that in the movie. Although they do say he apparently is a believer in the cause because he he talks and uh, he says something about you know you. From what I recall, he says something about like you'll never defeat us or something like that towards the end. Um, yeah, so. but I mean, it's it's just like I wish there was a little bit of a clarity because they give all the backstories about people you don't really care about. But like when there's a betrayal of a Secret Service officer and, you know, I think at some point the director was trying to make a decision to impart, uh, make, make the audience feel as though 
well, you know, Dennis Quaid is just kind of like maybe like like not psychotic, but kind of off his off his game because he he he's like just recovering from taking a bullet, and the, the insinuation that maybe he's a little bit more cynical or something, but. Like it never made sense when like you got such a big name guy like Matt Fox at that point in time to do his betrayal. You would have thought that there would have been a little bit more elaboration on what his motivation was, right? Probably yeah, just could... money. <laughs> That's always about money with those. It, guys. it probably it, it probably is, but you're right, Vince. They he, they don't flesh. That's one of the I think I, I think that's probably the biggest problem with this uh, this type of thing is it. Because you have to show the same events so many different times from so many different perspectives, it doesn't allow you to the, the time you would get in a normal size movie where it's all just one linear prop plot line uh, for the event to go through and flesh out every single character that actually matters to the plot. Well, so well, I, I don't know. Happens. I mean, you get you get the whole like they got my brother, so that's but that was so that was so overt and it was so clear and you can go, okay, fine. That, they got the brother. So that's why they, they got to do this. You know, they, they, they antagonize uh, the, the, the Americans. Right. But in this, right. yeah, they, they do, they, they mess with this one and they do. They also have the time to show at least hints at some kind of weird romance between the town, the, the Spanish cop and the, the, the woman terrorist or whatever. So yeah. there's, there's some, there's some kind of weird, you know, sexual byplay between those two, and they have times to show that, but they didn't show for that. It it is odd that they skipped that one. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I, like I said, I don't I don't know why why they would have done that. Um, maybe maybe it's because the that you like you said at the time that that guy was really popular and lost. Maybe they didn't want to. I don't know. Confuse his character with lost or something. I don't know. But that's um, the biggest like payoff because then you you know you paid for the guy and I think the audience is yeah but I think you know what I think like you said if he's in lost and he's loved right they they wanted him to be a character that surprises when you find out that he's in actually in the terrorist plot but they don't want to go all the way right because it's just like for instance if you look at a an actor like Brad Pitt, right? Or Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, those guys are known. So if you put them in a movie and then you flip them and they're the bad guys, you know what I mean? It, people don't believe it, number one, but also it kind of runs against them, well, them well, you know, their future, well, you know. No, but but that's the thing. You should, like, like you would be able to watch... Like remember with um the like you you know I'm glad you're talking about like the Brad Pitt pits and all of that like remember in um oh, what was it the James Bond movie with Daniel Craig where it also had uh, Javier Bardem and Javier Bardem oh, was, yeah, 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 yeah. and the thing was you knew that this guy was probably gonna be a bad guy but then when he explains himself and he's like I was treated the same way as you but I was uh, like they, the uh, the double O program just booted me out and they treated me like crap then you kind of empathize in this movie like it's fine to have Matt Fox as a general good guy uh, betray, right? Because yeah. as long as they're able to explain the story so that the audience goes, yeah, I understand because, you know, this guy's a really good guy, but, you know, he did something or something spurred him to do this, right? Yeah. He's yeah. very J.J. Abrams level. Like, I mean, maybe it's just because he came from Lost. It's an excuse to say you don't need to have an explanation or a backstory. It just looks cool. Yeah. But that's <laughs> a difficult thing that we do right now where J.J. Abrams just does stuff. And it's like you know, the, the, someone's gonna figure out the storyline later, or it'll, it'll come, it'll yeah. come together. And at the end of the day, it's a hot mess, which has like no conclusion, just like Lost, just like Alias, just like anything else. JJ Abrams touch. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, so I like I said, I like the the way the movie was shot. I'm not imp- I was not impressed overall with the with the with the storyline, just because it's so. It's, it seemed like for for many years between like two, two, the the terrorist attacks in two thousand one and like uh, two thousand ten or two thousand twelve terrorist movies were like a dime a dozen. I mean, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio did one. Uh, you know, um, there were there were there were several. Um, they just like two or three times a year. It was like between those years, those were the the superhero movies of you know now. Where it was just, it was you know you want an action movie throw in some terrorists, um, so I mean what you know I wasn't that impressed with the the storyline just because it wasn't as as Vince says it was very very derivative. Um, I, just a comment on the the the, the actors, um, you guys seem to like Forrest Whitaker. Um, I've never been a Forrest Whitaker fan. Oh. Um, I there's just I, there's just something the way the way he talks that bothers me. So he's not always a good guy. So there's a movie called, um, it has Keanu Reeves and, uh, um, uh, God, like the guy who played house. Uh, uh, oh, the guy played house. Yeah. 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 Anyways, he's, yeah, he's we know. He plays a corrupt cop, right? But he, he's like, he, he's so soft spoken in that movie. He doesn't play a very good corrupt cop. Cause you know, you, like, you see a good corrupt cop, you know, he's a good big tough guy that, and this guy's, Forrest Whitaker is just kind of like a soft. He's actually very uh, in, in vantage point. He actually plays like the, the um, you know, then the, he's you know he's the, the nice tour. So he he does the the role well. Um, the, the the fact that this big this big guy can you know run all the way through the streets of uh, you know a, a city in Spain and keep up with these young these young guys mm-hmm. is kind of hilarious. But um, um, but it's really interesting though. It's like this was shot kind of, kind of before the days of cell phones, um, yeah, or like a camcorder, like yeah. So, so <laughs> what's interesting is it was kind of like foreshadowing that, like so, like today if something goes on, I mean everybody pulls out their, I, I mean some, somebody gets shot right in front of you, you're not gonna go help the guy, you're gonna pull your cell phone out and record it. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. just the way today's today are. Um, this was Forrest Whitaker's job in this movie was to record one of the vantage points, right? So, uh, he was the guy with the cell phone. Only it was like a, a like a, a a camcorder. Which I mean, do they even still make camcorders? I mean, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, um, anyways, that was his job. I'm not a big fan of Forrest Whitaker. Um, but the, on, alternatively, I love William Hurt. Um, I like every movie that I've ever seen William Hurt in. He's he plays. He's he's kind of one of those guys. Who can play a villain no matter what? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, there, there's one called there's oh God I cannot I'm having a problem with names today, but it has a there's a movie he's in that has Viggo Mortensen and um, he, he plays like a mobster. Um, uh, anyways, he's really good in that. He's also in Mr. Brooks, which is fantastic. He's a fantastic villain in that. Um, anyways, so he he didn't play a villain in this one, but he was still pretty good. I mean, he didn't really have a a oh, very big role. I mean, he had like what? Girl, fairly sound in that ambulance. Yeah, he had like six lines in the whole movie. But um, well, no, I, I mean, the one thing that is a little bit of a, and I don't know, maybe you know better than I do because you know your Cold War in American history. But Matt, I, the the whole body double thing, I thought that was just like a cliche thing, like like that they use in movies. Like that 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 doesn't really happen, does it? All right, so we don't know for sure, but there, there's a lot of 
speculation that like um like sultans and 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 um the middle east like, like, of, like, like like Middle Eastern and Asian people have like leaders of state had doubles during this time period. And, and there was, there was a, a stupid rumor that Nixon had a body double. Um, but I'm not sure if that, I, I mean, as far as I know, that's just, you know, the internet, you know, being the okay. internet. Um, so, but the, the question is, I mean, if they did it well enough, how would you know? But the question is during the time period where there was like the, um, the rumors floating around that these, leaders of state had bodies doubles, would they really have the technology and medical know-how to do that? I mean, today, sure, they probably could do it. But in like the 60s and 70s, eh, I'm not so sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't I mean, know. With a little makeup, you also got to remember the 60s and 70s also at that time, like we're looking at 60s and 70s and we're more advanced, but 60s and 70s, the camcorders and the cameras of that time wouldn't be taking stuff at like 4K resolution. Yeah, like look at that assassin, know, so. Kennedy assassin. There's a Bruder tape, man. It's 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 a, it's fuzzy. It's like you know four four hundred by three hundred video or something. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it might what's... be that you know the person's far enough away, and you know that they just throw some uh, you know some makeup on them and and. You know, it's good enough to fool most people. Yeah. Um, here's a good, here's a question for you guys. Just while we before we wrap this up, Dennis Quaid is like a wash up actor now, right? Um, that's only <laughs> because um, uh, who was he used to married to uh, his wife? Uh, um, he was married to someone that was also an actress that was actually decent. And when they broke up, because they were supposed to be like a couple that was like together for like. 30 years. Oh yeah, I know. I heard about that. It was like they some insane. Yeah, one day. Oh, it was uh, it was uh, it was the girl that's in all the Tom Hanks movies. Um, Meg Ryan, right? Meg There's, Ryan, yeah. Yeah. So they broke up, and and Meg Ryan, like kind of like Antonio Banderas. Um, you know, you got an old good actor and married to a decent woman, and then the woman just splits, and she just gets tons of plastic surgery, looks weird, and then like both their careers kind of go down the tubes. So uh, I think the same thing happened with uh, Meg Ryan, and like remember, she used to be like the '90s it girl, like everything from *Sleepless in Seattle* um, to all these other Tom Hanks movies. Um, but yeah, like uh, poor, poor Dennis Quaid, man. He he's actually a good guy. Like I think he actually is now making a career out of playing washed-up dudes. Like I saw a movie where he played the washed-up police chief, and then another one where he played the washed-up um, baseball pitcher or something. Oh yeah. I, I, the, the reason why I ask is because I, I haven't seen him in a very, I mean, like a top blockbuster movie in ages. I mean, the, so the, the movies that I know of in the last decade that, you know, he's been in for sure that I've seen are um, The Day After Tomorrow oh, and um, this movie here, Vantage Point. Those are the only two that I know he's been in. I know he's been in a few other ones. Um, but the poor man's uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> The problem is uh, Harrison Ford went downhill because he got old, right? I mean, they're not um, that far apart in age, I don't think, man. I honestly don't think so. Oh, I think so. Um, 10 um, years? 54. Let's see. Um, Dennis Quaid was born 54. And um, yeah, it was, it's eight years. Yeah, oh, so yeah. not too far. Yeah, so I mean, but Harrison Ford looks really old. I mean, Dennis Quaid is not looking that bad for. No. Like, he just hasn't been in any good movies. It's really weird because I mean, he used to be. I mean, he used to be like the actor who was in a lot of good movies, um, but he's just not anymore. It's, it's sad to see some of these actors. I mean, like, 
Um, the same thing with Denzel Washington. He's kind of gone down. No, dude, you would be happy to know they're making uh, the Equalizer two or whatever. Not the, not, not the Man on Fire, but, but the one where he goes to home, works at Home Depot, and makes like death traps with Home Depot stuff. Oh they're yeah, make, yeah, yeah. They're making a sequel exactly. to that terrible movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, we we reviewed <laughs> that. Didn't Come on, hey Rick, you want to watch that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Anytime you can watch Denzel just kill people, it's always good, man. Wait, Harrison Ford's married to Calista Flockhart? Yeah, for like a decade or so. Yeah. Long Eight time. Eight years, wow. Yeah. Isn't she like the Allie McBeal woman? Yeah, but she, yeah. 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 Yes. Wow. Okay. I That's mean, I thought she was like really young, but she's not. She's like 53. All right. Um, totally I think. So let's go around real quick and give our scores. I would give this probably a, a two and a half out of five. Two out of five on my side. Rick? Mm, yeah, I'd go with a four out of five. Oh, wow. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I'd watch it again. Oh, I'll watch it again, too. I I, I watch terrible movies all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you guys know my love for everything Jason Statham. Um, and all of his movies. And he's making fun of me with Fast and Furious. You know yeah, Jason Statham other... is in it, right? Yeah, wait, wait. Statham's making another movie. Oh, crap. Oh, I can't remember what the other movie is now. He, but it's kind of like how Denzel's milking that movie. Uh, Statham's making another movie where he's. Uh, oh, uh, well, it's not Transporter. Oh, I don't remember, but it's another. It's like it's and, not. Uh, it, it's is just it the Hitman. No, it, no, no. Sorry, it's it, no. Oh, the mechanic. Is it the mechanic? No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. Sorry, I, I no. forgot. It's. I saw the trailer for it. It's not. Um, it's a Jason Statham movie, but it's it's basically the mechanic or driver underwater. He he's uh, okay. called Mega. And it's basically him in a water station, uh, like a sub, a submarine uh, water station, where yeah. they find a, a megalodon, basically the yeah. big shark that like can like the size yeah. of a bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's the whole premise of the movie. Yeah, he, they did do a <laughs> a, 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 a sequel to the mechanic though, Riggy, and it Sorry. as bad as the first one was, the second one was so much worse. <laughs> it was so much worse. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the first one was. Um, it's not the worst movie he's ever done. The worst movie he's ever done is called was called Revolver. Yeah. Um, okay, so the plot of Revolver. It, um, I'm just gonna tell you this guy, so you guys never ever watch it. <laughs> it's basically a, a movie about the voice in your head. So basically, uh, Jason Statham plays two different people, and you don't know really. He they look exactly the same, and you don't know who's who um, throughout the whole movie. One of them is Jason Statham. The other one's the voice in his head. Um. And it's just, I mean, it's the stupidest movie. It has Ray Liotta, who's... Oh, that's not bad. Um, <laughs> then, Come on, Goodfellas, Ray Liotta? He, yeah, no, I like... He, uh, he has like some good him. movies, but he's also in some really trashy that Jason is. Statham movies. There's a there's a movie Jason Statham did, another one with Ray Liotta called... Uh, all right, it's called In the Name of the King, A Junction Siege Tale. Um, it is oh, god-awful. Wow. It's so wow. bad. I've watched it like three times. Well, I don't. I mean, it's not even one of Jason Statham's like um, (laughs) traditional movies. He plays like the the um, uh, what the hell's the name of that? Uh, Reynolds. um, Ryan Reynolds. No, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds plays the king, and Jason Statham plays his son, but he doesn't know that he's his son. So he he he, like grows up in like a um, like a like a like a farming village or whatever he plants his, he plants his rutabagas or whatever and he has his wife and then um 
some guy's trying to take over for the king and assassinate the king. That the guy who's who's trying to assassinate the king is played by Justin Timberlake. No shit. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Anyways, the guy who's trying to assassinate the king is played by Jason Timberlake, but he's actually controlled by the guy who's played uh, by Ray Liotta's character, who's who's like a wizard. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways. What's hilarious is that this thing has a 3.8 out of 10. I thought it would have been so much lower on IMDb. Uh, it, it should have been negative. It's, it's a terrible, god-awful, terrible movie. Hmm. Um, <laughs> wow. All right, anyways, that, that is it for us this time. We won't keep going on Jason Statham. I swear to God, I'm never, I will never appoint a Jason Statham movie for us to review. Um, it's just something for, that, for you guys to make fun of me about for my stupid fanboy action movie. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Uh, fan is, is ism. Anyways, um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Uh, at MTWB is uh, myself on Twitter. Vince is VWHUI. Ricky's Ricky underscore Williams one. You can email us at the uh, email at the threecast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the threecast. You can like us on Facebook at the threecast. Um, and we record, we've been recording about once a month. Um, let's see. In 2018, we have now done four. Yeah. Four move four four episodes, so about once a month. Um, we try. We're supposed to do it every other week, but we don't do that. Um, we're all <laughs> Anyways, um, um, I have no clue what's oh. happening next time. Vince, hey, it's I'm your turn one. to pick. Um, so if you if you'll fill in something and then email up when you when you know, um, that'd be nice. Um, and we'll see you in May probably. Yep. Take care, right. guys.